to Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. And I'm Megan Eanes, a local realtor for 21 years and part of the Icon Real Estate team. Mark and I are so excited to share everything that we love about Winchester, Virginia with you. We want you to be an informed, savvy real estate consumer in today's ever-changing market. Yep. If you want local knowledge, you've come to the right place. Well, Merry Christmas to you. But Merry Christmas. It's exciting to know that the holiday season is almost here. Mm-hmm. It's something where, you know, for me, things do slow down. You get a chance to unwind. Right. We're having family come over this weekend. And so... I, I don't feel like I'm going to unwind, though, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I just had my whole family basically come over yesterday, and this is actually really funny. So, of course, the World Cup was yesterday. I'm sorry, it was on Sunday. Yes, so we're rec- we record this we before did, Thursdays. Yeah, sorry, so, yeah. oops. But anyway, so my whole family decided, my mom said, we're going to have a cookie extravaganza at your house. Mm-hmm. So I met my mom and my dad and my sister and her three little kids and then my kids and it just got a little crazy, but they came over and the World Cup was still on. So I start trying to bake with my five-year-old nephew and everybody else is still watching the soccer well, game. of course, because it was an amazing game. It was pretty amazing. <clears throat> so I'm trying to watch from the kitchen. But it, not only they're like, oh, it's almost over. Well, then, of course, it goes into overtime. Right. right. Not once, but twice. Wait, well, you, you, Didn't you, it? Once you go to overtime, you're set for another 30 minutes. Okay, so it's another 30. Periods. Okay. Yes. So then you had those, and then, of course, the shootout. Yeah. So I'm baking while my entire family is just sitting. I'm like, thanks, everybody, Slaving for away. coming over and letting yes. me bake cookies for you. But then everybody joined in, and it was fun and crazy and loud. And I'm yeah. um, glad that was it was a good experience. Yeah. wasn't sad for it to be quiet in my I'm house I'm glad again. it was a good experience <laughs> for you. My soccer experience, unfortunately, I'm one of those guys who wants to watch something live or wants to watch something without knowing the end result, mm-hmm. right? And so I was at church, and of course the game was happening when it's at church, but I have a group text thread of a bunch of soccer people who Uh-oh. are blowing up my phone. And I knew what they were talking about and I intentionally did not look at it. And try to I didn't want to silence it either because then I would see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm going to ignore my phone. My phone rings, I'm answering it, and so I'm talking to somebody. And all of a sudden more texts blow up. And the way that my iPhone works is that if it's in locked mode, you don't see the text. If it's open, you will see and and read the text. Right. Of course. Oh. Way later down the road, where I thought the texting would have been over with, and I'm like, okay, things are happening now. I saw it, and unfortunately, I didn't get all the result information, so it was still exciting to watch. But looking back on it, I should have just turned my whole phone off mm-hmm. and then known, okay, I don't have to listen to any so of the nonsense. So were you uh, rooting for Argentina or France? I don't really know. I mean, I I'm just, I just root, was rooting for a good game. Right. I have a little bit of ties more to France. I went there and traveled like five years ago, did like a, uh, a like a, we're about ready to talk about this, but a school um, event that was like a family swap kind of thing went there Mm -hmm. with my son and we hosted a kid and we went over there and so it was kind of fun and that was around the previous world cup when france won oh right so i was thinking okay i'll probably be rooting for france but then in the middle of the game knowing kind of where the result would be i was more rooting for argentina Mm -hmm. so well you know messy long story yeah i know i never really been a messy fan but now i think you have to be. I right. mean, he's he's now going to be a, a new super god in Argentina. So, so very cool. <laughs> there you go. For all the soccer nerds out there, there's your 
warm and fuzzy stories That's of our right. World Cup experience. Sorry if you haven't watched it yet, but then obviously. <laughs> exactly. Then you're missing out. Obviously, you haven't had the news on or anything. Yeah. So. Well, talk about how we have our introduction, introduction segment every single time. If you want local knowledge, you've come to the right place. Right. I was, we're, we're able to, um, I think, get a steal of an interview because um, Richard Bell has been in town for 25 years or mm-hmm. so and has become an entrenched person in our community, recently newly elected city council member for the city of Winchester. Um, Megan, you and I had a chance to chat with them. Yeah, we did. And um, we were excited to share this with you because you're going to learn a lot. He also is um, a principal broker and owner of Adams Companies and Adam Nelson Associates, commercial real estate, property management. The whole works is he has a big history there. Plus, now that he's in politics, you get a chance to hear his perspective of what that looks like. So here's our chat with newly elected Winchester City Council member Richard Bell. Well, here we are with Richard Bell and so excited to have you here on the show because you have a world of knowledge and also a big history here with Winchester. So we're excited about having you here. And you get a chance to tell us your story. So oh, Okay. Yeah. So you have a lot of different hats, which we're going to get to. And then part of that is going to be you telling your story. So give us a quick rundown of how you came to Winchester, about your family, and uh, you know how you got into the business that you're in today. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I've lived here since 97. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything I've done has been kind of in the last 20 five years um you know people say you've been here for a long time there are a lot of people who would say you ain't been here at all buddy. <laughs> right uh you're, you're just a new guy a townie like we call him yeah. yeah right um so what, what brought you to town in 97 um well i had uh, I, I'd started out after high school in the navy i was uh, living in the virginia beach area and um, um served in the military there um, actually got stationed in Norfolk for eight mm-hmm. years, so didn't didn't travel too far, but I did get to you know sail to some interesting places. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as I was kind of like figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up, uh, I ended up at uh, University of Virginia in their architecture program. Nice, okay. And that's where I met my um, now wife Sarah. Um, so she so went. She went there too. She was there as an older student. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she was. 28, I was 31, I guess. Um, and uh, so I graduated in 95. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought we were going to stay in Charlottesville. And Sarah's family were here already. Mm. Um, her, her mom and her dad were helping to run a, a real estate business. Um, they had helped develop the, the airport business center mm-hmm. um, okay. and a few other area projects. And then their bro- her brother, Kevin, uh, who many people may remember, but um, he passed away in 2001 unexpectedly, but he recruited me to come up um, with my architecture. I was working for a contractor builder in Charlottesville, and he said, hey, come up and take a look at this project and give me your, um, I need to, you know, I'll pay you, give me a construction estimate. Yeah. Um, I need it for the bank. Um, I don't even remember what bank it was, so if you're listening, don't worry. <laughs> but uh, it was the old Salvation Army headquarters, which is now our offices. Uh-huh. Um, so I came up for like three days and crawled around in there, drew up some drawings and you know, did some estimates and gave it to him. And he says, all right, 
here's a paycheck. Went back to Charlottesville thinking we were all done, and Sarah just had three days reconnecting with her family, and maybe a month or so later, he says, okay, we got the loan. When do you want to start? Wow. <laughs> yeah. um, and that was kind of the enticement that brought us up here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved here in 97, like mm-hmm. I said. Um, graduated in 95, got married in 96, moved here in 97. Easy to remember. Yeah, to remember. yeah, yeah. just like yeah. progression. Yeah. And then, um, you know, w- was working with him. I'm, I'm, I, I have a degree in architecture. I'm not a registered architect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of comes into play in some of what I've done yeah. because it was right. architecture and um, I minored in urban planning and in preservation, hmm. um, which has been a nice fit with the background information for what I've done since I've been here. Yeah. And then um, when Kevin passed away, um, I remember that so vividly that, uh, you know, because he was kind of a larger-than-life guy. And so I'm thinking, well, I guess I can get a job somewhere else. Mm. Um, And everybody in the business was kind of staring at me like, what do we do now? (laughs) And so... I started giving directions of what we need to do to keep things going. And um, the next thing I know, they're like, you should be running this company. And the name of the company then? Um, There was multiple companies. We went under the umbrella of the Adams Company, which is kind of just a a moniker. Mm -hmm. But it was Adams Nelson and Associates, which is the commercial real estate brokerage. Mm -hmm. Adams Nelson Property Management, Mm -hmm. um, um, which was that exactly that. It was a property management company. And um, and Adams Nelson Management, which is more of an asset management and general contracting side. We had a little side gig called Pegasus Properties that right. was mm-hmm. a residential firm. But, you know, um, we kind of wrapped that up after um, shortly after he passed away. And um, and that's when I learned that, OK, I had a background in architecture and construction, but I didn't have a background in real estate. Yeah. So, but everyone's looking at you, saying, mm-hmm. okay, uh, "Oh, you're, yeah, you're the yeah, man. <laughs> yeah." And um, you know, we went through a series of acting brokers and, and um, supervising brokers, mm-hmm. and uh, but I knew right then um, if this was going to be falling on my shoulders, I needed to get my real estate license because yep. you know you yep. got to be you got to serve actively for three years and yep. successfully mm-hmm. before you can become a broker. Right. Um, so yeah, that was a, a good bit of education mm-hmm. for me. Um, and again, continuing to try and run it um, from without, you know, outside of the organization because, you know, like you've got a supervising broker, but you're the, the really the manager of kind of driving the bus. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that, that kind of brought me more into the property and asset management side of the equation um, and, the, you know, and then obviously the commercial brokerage side. Um, and that's probably where I've excelled best is getting into the the real estate side of it. Mm-hmm. And I am um, definitely, and most people will tell you, I'm, I am a generalist by nature. I know a lot about a lot, and uh, uh, most of it's useless. Uh, I'm not a specialist. Um, so I draw on a lot of details. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of, I kind of feel like I'm like the conductor of the orchestra. I know all the instruments. I just can't play them. Mm. Um, and you just got to learn how to kind of pull them all together to yeah. get the, the, the best result. Have you seen, how have you seen the company grow over the years since that kind of 2001 um, time to here and now? 
I mean, we've we we have grown in certain areas. I mean, when when Kevin was still alive, we were actually um, uh, what they called the, the fantastic 50, uh, 50 fastest growing companies in the in Virginia. Mm. Oh wow! Um, and we were in the small business category. Um, that was just some trajectory of transactions that had been done, and. Um, I knew we weren't going to keep pace on that one. Right. So we just slowly started to kind of steer towards what are we good at. Um, we stopped doing third-party um, property management because that was thankless. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I get it. Um, <laughs> but we continue to do our, uh, our own kind of closely held portfolio and, um, and then, you know, handling the asset management side of that, insurance, um, um, uh, financing, um, lease management, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's, and, you know, again, that's another, gives you a kind of a, a broad understanding of um, just life in general. It's not just real estate. I mean, right. everything involves, you know, financing, whether it's a mortgage or a mm-hmm. car payment or whatnot. Um, so understanding how to negotiate mm-hmm. them, understanding the terms, um, uh, insurance as well, mm-hmm. um, and interacting with people. I mean, oh, there's, sure, it's yeah. it's all relational uh, of, of Ex- how you're doing exactly. This. Mm-hmm. And and you know, life is scalable. So you can say Winchester is a small town, but this would apply wherever you were. It is relational. Um, you want to establish good relationships. You want to establish yourself with integrity mm-hmm. um, and create those relationships so that people can kind of see. Who you are, what you're made of, what your decision-making process are. Do you stand by your word? Um, you know, can I count on you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've always tried to, to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've participated in the community early on, and most of it was I I was kind of I won't say pulled kicking and streaming, but you know, the career I was in was very demanding. Yeah. And uh, shortly after uh, we we moved here, Sarah and I started our family. So we've we had three kids in rapid succession. So um, they're all right now is 20, 24, 22, and twenty. Um, um, I, I tell them we're we're in our even years, and uh, soon we'll be in our odd years. And, and it's it's kind of like <laughs> that's a good uh, way to remember it, though. But yeah. now the now the empty nester, though. You know, oh, so we're getting there. Getting, we're getting, getting, there. getting there. Yeah, but but it's it's uh, now we we our kids are great and we enjoy having them and um, um, being around them and um, so they're they're fun. My wife actually was traveling with my older son um, overseas and they had a blast. Nice. Um, so um, back to where was I? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well basically, what where I'm leading is you, you've been in our community. Oh yeah, building relationships, building the business, and having being a face of a company for now twenty sure. years, and so how has that then pushed you and led you into this almost political career? Ooh. Let me just say that because sure. what drew you into that with your architectural background and urban planning background, mm-hmm. obviously you have the skills to be involved sure. in the city, mm-hmm. but then there's got to be some sort of nudge. Like what? What pushed you into yeah, well, attempting and, to get into politics? And I was what I was starting to say was everything that I've done. I've been kind of recruited or asked. Like I was um, asked to serve on the board of architecture review. I had my architecture degree. Mm-hmm. Didn't again. I'm not a registered architect, but they said that meets the requirement. You know, we really would would like mm. you to be on it. So that was kind of my first step into community leadership. 
I guess we'd say, because mm-hmm. in, in probably in about two or three years on there, I uh, kind of found myself being, well, <laughs> you're the chairman now. <laughs> right. Um, so how long had you been here and working for the company that you were with before that was, the, you about, know, you were approached? About two years. Okay. Yeah, about two years. And a lot of what we did was historic preservation work, mm-hmm. um, hit rehabs. Um, and I think that kind of you know, I was on the other side of the table on a couple of occasions, so I also knew right. what the issues were, uh, what the challenges were for the applicant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we worked to try and st- not streamline that, but to make it a little bit more um, user-friendly and interactive, help to develop guidelines because a lot of people were complaining that, um, you know, it's so arbitrary. You know, right. it's like you've, we've got nothing to really work with. Yeah. Um, and there were guidelines in place, but we, we kind of codified them uh, so that it was a little easier for people to understand them. And I think that's a, that's a constantly revising process mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. them. And then, um, you know, I was uh, serving in the chamber. I was uh, I was telling you before mm-hmm. um, that I was brought in um, as just a board member and then didn't realize what happens there as you, <laughs> you eventually evolve into the chairs, yeah. uh, using the air quotes here. Yes, yes. And, um, um, you know, and then that brings you, that certainly connects you with the community a lot more than you're prepared for. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in the years that I was in the chairs, I, again, I don't remember whether it was vice chair, chair, chair elect, um, is when we we worked to absorb um, uh, Clark County, became mm-hmm. the regional chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were actually in this building uh, right yep. here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was what, like? Five oh six, maybe even um, before then. Yeah, um, trying to remember. I, I think I served on the board through two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight, uh-huh. okay. and I think that's when this building was sold. We helped the chamber buy the the old Sacred Heart Rectory, mm-hmm. um, relocated it there, uh, which they've now moved out to the airport terminal. Yep. Which again, for a regional organization, I think that's a good fit. Um, but then we, we lost a CEO, hired a CEO, and all of this while I was, um, you know, either vice chair or chair. It was, it, was a, <clears throat> it was a taxing period of time, but it also kind of helps you to fine-tune, like, organizational management, decision-making skills, uh, recognizing you're never going to please everybody, and mm-hmm. you just got to figure out what's going to be best for the organization. Sometimes the organization truly is an organization. Sometimes the organization is your community. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you've got to look holistically. Yeah. Um, and uh, But at the same time, the, the, the city, I guess, saw some, you know, skill sets in me and asked me to serve on what used to then be a joint economic development commission. So mm-hmm. it was Winchester-Frederick County. Um, I served on that for eight years, and that kind of gave me a more a regional perspective mm-hmm. Um, and, and the impacts of the economic um, kind of pistons of our community, you know, whether yeah. it's the Inland Port, Transportation and Trucking, um, Shenandoah, Winchester Medical Center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of see how it all not necessarily knits together, but bumps up against each other. Right. And those um, are all volunteer positions of sure. people asking you to, to come do this. Right. Then there's the next level of right. elections. 
Yeah. And well, and where would, voting and and candidate and that's that's an entire new world that like I'm really curious about. It of, is. It is. It was t- taking it to that next level of saying, okay, I have to go around and campaign a little bit. Well, it was definitely you know um, one of the, the next things. Probably the pinnacle of my being asked to serve was um, being appointed to the school board, mm-hmm. and you know that was that was back in the day when it was appointed. Um, it was an interview process, and um, I mean that is that's probably where I won't say did my best work, but felt like the work that was being done was the most productive. Mm in any organization I've been in. Everybody was pulling in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the, um, their heart and their head were in it. Um, I worked with some very um, intelligent, passionate, committed people. Mm-hmm. Um, and these were all volunteers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I served two terms. Um, and uh, at the end of my second term, is right when the city was voting to uh, make an elected position. And so they said, well, if you want to run for a third, if you want a third term, you're going to have to run for it. (laughs) And I thought, well, if I'm going to run, if I'm going to actually get into Mm -hmm. this, let me take it to the next level and run for city council. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a tough family decision because, again, this was an area we've – We've never uh, uh, stepped into um, and never pursued, um, but I was being asked again yeah. to run, and was you know told you know, we got your back. Um, yeah. But when you find yeah. out, then you're running. It's a pretty um, not solitary, but but you gotta you gotta know who who really has your back. Mm-hmm. Um, and my family really had my back, mm. um, and you know so my wife. My biggest supporter, you know, she helped me campaign um, because I'm I'm an introvert. I mean, I am not. And she will get out there though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And she kind of, um, <laughs> she and actually who helped kind of seal the deal for me was Judy McKernan. You huh. know, and I knew yeah. her from uh, while I was on the school board. She was sure. the director of student services, yeah. and um, you know, she had been elected and. She shared with me uh, over coffee one morning. She says, "Richard, I've got a sta- saying on my on my wall. It's that life begins at the edge of your comfort zone." I'm like, "Hmm, okay, all <laughs> right. I, I I think I hear what you're saying, and definitely, um, you know, had the un- those uncomfortable moments while running because again, you really put yourself out there. Um, you make yourself um, maybe not vulnerable, but available to." slings and arrows, mm-hmm. um, as well as appreciation and, and positive impact and, and input. Um, but it's, that's, that's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different skill set than actually being in an organizational leadership role. Yeah. To be able to do both well, um, I won't say takes a special person, but it's, it's the ability to bring yeah. all those skill sets to it. Um, it's it's hard so give us a timeline so that that school board second term ended and then they said you have to run and the progression of then yeah the city council yeah what well, year was that uh 20, 20 2012 i think i served from 2012 until 2020 okay so i knew in um 
I think it was the 2019 election where they elected to do mm-hmm. the elected school board. Mm-hmm. So we kind of saw the handwriting on the wall there. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run for school board. Um, and was approached by somebody to uh, actually Mayor Smith and, and mm-hmm. said, hey, would you run for city council? Um, you know, coming, you know, feeling like I had some more gas in the tank and I wanted to continue to serve and that this was the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the challenge in front of me that I was, the, the, the opportunity for me to run in Ward 1 was to run against Les Veach. Mm. You know, and he was a three-term mm-hmm. incumbent, and he was well-known. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you really had to kind of get out there and um, get my name out there. Right. Um, but also just knocked on every door, um, you know, ran our own campaign, didn't, didn't you know, it was all about, it was all positive. Um, it wasn't anything about, you know, no, no mudslinging, and I appreciate that we were able to get through that campaign um, in a positive way. It wasn't successful. Right. It did very well. Um, but then Bill Wiley, you know, got yep. got his seat on the House of Delegates. So uh, so that's a fascinating story. You know, so mm-hmm. the behind the scenes component there, Les Veach wins. Yes. yes. And then Bill Wiley is then going to a different I mean, he's leaving to because he got elected. In, in the same election. In mm-hmm. the same election cycle. Um, and so within... You know, and some people will say, well, we knew in August that Bill was going to win um, and that, that by winning he was going to have to step down mm-hmm. um, and vacate his seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't look at it that way. It was like three <laughs> days after the election. Right. I was like, oh, so, you know, I was asked, would you consider filling the seat? And, so then that, and, that then became an appointed thing? Yeah, it was appointed, but you know, you you had to kind of submit your resume mm-hmm. um, and and then get vetted by the full council. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I shoot, I'd been vetted for the last three months by the community, right? Um, and got a, a a good percentage of the vote, just not the majority. So I felt, you know, I had the endorsement of Ward One right. to serve, and. Um, you know, but there's there's a little something there's something humbling about the title of interim counselor. Yeah, you know, you refer to mm-hmm. as interim counselor because I mean, as, as just an outsider looking in, you're like, wait a minute, we just went through a voting cycle. Now all of a sudden, like, should, yeah. this this <laughs> same person is now getting appointed or interim sure uh, council member. Right. And 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 you know, and then the reality of it was is it's you, I had about four or five months to kind of get my feet under me. Mm-hmm. And then there was the special election the following November. So yeah. I had to run immediately yeah. right after that. Um, you know, and that was a straight up election, mm-hmm. but it was only for the remaining term. So I was serving for one more year. Mm-hmm. And then if I wanted to serve a full four year term, it was another election. So there was three yeah. elections in three years. Oof. So you got um, you got the campaign world under your belt now. Yeah, that's a lot of <laughs> I campaigning. Got it under, yeah, we we we've learned what works, what doesn't work, what's important, what's not important. Um, but we also learned that it's a draining process. It yeah. can be a draining process, um, depending on how you approach it. Well, as a um, common introvert, I feel for you <laughs> of the of the world of going around knocking on yeah. door to door. And sure, you know, I mean, you came to my door and we have chats, but that's just that that can be draining as well. Of just Mm-hmm. You got to be able to meet people, right. get out there, and um, share your vision. Mm-hmm. And so, I want to have you have the opportunity to share 
What were you talking about? What was your vision during the campaign? And mm -hmm. then follow up, you know, where do where do you see us going as a city uh, now that you're here? So kind of give well, us the, the two-parted answer there. Well, I'll grab the, the I won't say the easy ones, but the shorter ones is obviously eight years on the school board. I'm a strong proponent of our public schools. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've got a kind of an inside track of how it works, how it's organized, um, what what Winchester Schools does for the community. But you also kind of see the, the shortcomings of the communities within the school system. I mean, they, they touch all corners, um, you know, both from a social services standpoint and an employment standpoint. Um, so continuing to support our public schools is helpful in, in supporting and growing our community. It's part of what makes mm -hmm. us attractive. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, well, as a, as a realtor, that's one of the things that buyers come in and talk to us about. Sure. Right. They say, what's the school systems? What do they like? You know, mm -hmm. and, and some parents really get in the weeds of looking up, okay, what are the stats right. on these schools? Mm -hmm. So obviously the city has a, a great historical track record sure. of city. Um, but I, I know some of the inner workings of it if covid has taken an impact on the schools and mm -hmm. how we do things and sure maybe that is a platform that we talk about but just the idea of you know how do we continue to grow as a city with growing and improving our school systems and the yeah. teachers and the mm -hmm. and yeah that the next generation you know right. that's that's really what we're talking about here well i'll get to that in the third leg of the stool yes. the second second <laughs> leg is just uh, with you know um with with my background in in uh, urban planning. Mm -hmm. When I first got here, um, got in with a local organization that was trying to promote um, bike trails and, and, mm. and walkways, and, and we eventually evolved into what's now the Green Circle. So I'm a strong proponent of that, mm. of the Green Circle um, outdoor connections, outdoor spaces. Mm -hmm. So our um, uh, enhancing our parks, um, expanding our trail system, um, and our preserved areas. Mm. Um, those are, you know, it's during COVID, I heard so many people saying, ah, oh, we love the green circle because it was an opportunity to be outside right. and still connect with people. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's also an opportunity for you to be able to move around the city uh, more safely mm -hmm. um, and with connection to nature. Yep. Um, so the, the third leg of the stool is probably the biggest one is, and, and, and as a community, we're still kind of grappling with is the, the housing and the development. Yeah. Um, you know, dispelling a common myth or an easy uh, rock to throw at me, I am not a developer. I mean, I am a developer if, de if redeveloping um, historic properties is being a developer. Um, so the, th the thing that we're struggling with is the, 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 the demand for housing and opportunity. And we'll just say with housing because with the growth in housing, growth and opportunity will follow. Um, it's because we're an attractive location, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, we're an attractive location, both geographically, physically, economically, and, and also some of the amenities we have here, which is good quality school systems. When I hear people say, why are you letting this development happen? I'm like, nobody's letting it happen. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, we are an, it's supply and demand. We're an attractive community. We're right. an attractive market. You know, would you rather us kind of make ourselves look less attractive? Would you, you know, what, how do you want us to slow growth? Yeah. You know, do you want us to kind of 
crash the school system, um, not invest in our parks. Um, you know, because the more you do that, the more people are going to say, what an attractive place to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, w- what we have to be focused on is, you know, the, our, our zoning code is our rule book. Mm. Um, it's kind of the blueprint. Mm-hmm. Um, the comprehensive plan kind of lays the table. But if you really want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, it's in our zoning. And there are some some nuances in zoning that are, um, you know, make it fairly attractive for developers to pursue projects that may or may not be in the, I won't say best interest of the community, but the, the community doesn't make out as well. Um, certain bonus densities that we were offering that would allow them to build more units, but the community didn't really get something as much in return okay Mm. so we've been you know i've kind of brought that up since i've been on council and we've Mm. um, with the housing study that was done um right when i was coming on council it kind of shows where our shortfalls and our gaps are Mm. um this is kind of an important thing for us to look at because we are in deficit for housing Mm -hmm. and i'm not just talking (laughs) single family detached um we're in deficit across the board yeah well, in the city, land is at a premium. Right. I mean, it's not like there's just a plethora of land that you can just start developing. So we're talking about all right, where are the areas and mm-hmm. where are the things, locations where developers can enhance a certain area mm-hmm. um, and then make it affordable. So yeah, those are two very how, different things. Right. How are you, how, what does that look like and what does that mean? Because yeah. you're using kind of both of those words. Yeah. So to you, what is affordable? I'm just curious. And, and uh, you know, and, and the, what's the target goal? And then where are some of the locations that we're talking about? Yeah, and it's good to be able to differentiate those two questions. What is affordable is, I won't say arbitrary, but you've got these uh, scales of the area median income, and that's just an aggregate. And, and, and unfortunately, our area median income is wrapped in with the county. Mm. So if you got more affluence that's happening in the accounting, in the county, it's kind of driving up our area median income. So if our, if I told you our area median income was like $84,000, you'd go, what? Mm-hmm. So if you break it down just to 22601, mm-hmm. maybe it's not that high. Mm-hmm. But it's it's then classified as you know if you are at AMI you know boom you're at 100 percent then 80 percent 50 percent and 30 percent 30 percent AMI is basically somebody living on disability or social security mm-hmm. um, that is going to be the real challenge for our community because housing across the board is pretty much um, private development private right. investment right right and private investment. You just can't incentivize um, uh, private investment to that level where you can tackle 30% AMI. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's a real challenge to do that. For our listeners that might not know what it is, what is AMI? Area median income. So basically it's an aggregate of the – County and the – The the city city and the county, our metropolitan statistical area that kind of says this is what people – earn here and mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. there are people going i don't earn anywhere near that um but then <laughs> you know it's median right. there are people who are earning a lot more than that that are pulling everything up um so we have you know we have some affluence in mm-hmm. the area that's that's driving that um area median income up 
Um, you know, and it's that number that the people who want more grocery stores, that's a number that the grocery chains look at. Mm-hmm. Like like Trader Joe's. Yeah, <laughs> right. But um, I'm mentioning that's any a, names. That's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. That's that's another whole podcast. Yeah. I'll tell you. But the 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 connection between affordability and a new construction is is in the density and that's what a lot of people are having a real hard time getting their head wrapped around why are they squeezing so many units onto this land well you know if you've got um four acres um that you've got that's available for residential development um under certain zoning you could put 16 houses on it Mm. You know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. we need greater density than that. Not everywhere, but in areas where we can get it. You know, when you're looking at apartments or townhouses, you'd like to be seeing more than that. Um, just and the more you can get on the land per acre, the more affordable it becomes. You right. can sure. disperse or spread those that that cost basis out for your site development, land acquisition, mm-hmm. offsite improvements, and the the. The lower the density you get, which is what some people want, the more uh, costly it's going to be, not only for the construction, but for the land acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's finding that balancing point. Um, so are there benefits in place now for these private developers to do things? Or sure. are you, is your vision to, to grow and improve and increase those benefits? It, not, that, not necessarily growing the benefits, but yes, the benefits that are in place are under certain zoning uh, approaches where you can rezone it, like the, the planned unit development, PUD, as mm-hmm. people refer to it, um, allows you to um, uh, offer certain things pres- subscribed in the, the zoning text, like um, you know developing on a bus route for public transit, mm-hmm. um, um, green building initiatives you know like a lead certification mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that makes that would would have it be more of energy efficient so that the the users would benefit from lower energy costs um electric vehicle charging stations um uh, bike share programs stuff like that mm-hmm. there are other there are yeah. other things is i don't want to bore everybody with that but but two examples in there is hey if you do bike share we'll give you a five percent bonus hey, if you do electric vehicle charging stations, we'll give you a 5% bonus. Well, when you're looking at those numbers, you're like, well, that seems inconsequential, right. doesn't it? Right. Well, add them together, and you're basically looking at approximately a 10% bonus for those two things. And then in the fine print of the code, it's a minimum of five bikes. Mm. And then there's no description of scalability, a minimum of three electric vehicle charging stations. So if if I've got somebody who wants to build 20 townhomes on a parcel and they go through this and say, I'll put electric vehicle charging stations, they'll put three electric vehicle charging stations. That's great. Mm -hmm. I'll put a bike share there and I get two more units. Mm -hmm. So the scale Mm -hmm. of that doesn't feel Mm -hmm. out of, out of whack with what the community or the citizens benefit from. Well, now you've got these larger, more urban-scale solutions to our housing that are coming in with 200, 300 units. Three electric vehicle charging stations and five bikes just yeah. got you 20 or 30 more units. So right. there, we're, we need to add some scalability yeah. in there. 
we need to add in some components that address affordability. Say, if you want these more units, you know, 10% of them have to be that 80% of AMI. Mm-hmm. Um, again, trying to push it down, private investment down to 50% is challenging, mm-hmm. 30% mm-hmm. unattainable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a challenge for our community as there is no clear definition of affordable unless you kind of pin to AMI and say, when we talk about right. affordability, let's just talk about that in those terms. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the armchair quarterbacks were all say, well, that's not affordable. Well, tell me what is affordable. Well, mm-hmm. when I was growing up here, right. I paid $300 right. a month. I'm like, yeah. No. no. It's not, not the same community same. you grew up in. I'm exactly. sorry. Well, and, and Winchester is great because it has grown over the years in this kind of slow growth to where there, there's something for everyone. Sure. You know, it, it's we're talked about the school systems. It's also high up there on a top retirement community right. in the country, mm-hmm. not just the state. Mm-hmm. So there there is an aspect of what Winchester is doing to draw people, which right. I love. Mm-hmm. And, and so as as you look to the future um, and as you have a little bit of uh, several months and year or two under your belt in city council, like what mm-hmm. where do you see the projections going of of the growth? Of, sure. of kind of and your role in that, you know, life as a city council member, you know, you still you yeah. still have your businesses that you're working with as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't given that up. So I feel like that there's not entirely, not entirely. <laughs> yeah. You know, so finding that balance, you know, where do you see us going in um, the next several years for Winchester? Well, I mean, from just my perception, I don't see the demand in our community waning anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen very stable and, mod- um, and manageable growth, I would say. I mean, it's less than 1% per year. Um, you know, from a, from, a, from a growth factor, that seems very manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, when you couple us with the county, um, you know, the county's at 2.1% per year. Mm. And, you know, that's, to me, that's almost unsustainable unless you're out in front of it mm-hmm. with infrastructure, with schools. Mm-hmm. They're now scrambling to build a fourth high school when they probably should have done it eight years ago. Yeah. Just me saying. Yeah. My, my son, my oldest <laughs> son. The city was, versus county, you know. Yeah, 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 my, yeah. my oldest son was supposed to have graduated from that new high school in 2019, I think. And now he's three years in the Air Force. So I'm, we obviously have, there's still no so school he would have of gr- any kind. He would have graduated from the school that doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. That, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was so when it first came out, all the plans and they yeah. bought the land. Yeah. That was obviously, yeah. has gone nowhere since then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> One day. So, you know, again, I I think, again, the growth trajectory is going to go, um, you know, in a positive upward trend, hopefully tracking on about that same Mm -hmm. growth rate. Mm -hmm. Um, My sense is it's probably going to start to stratify, uh, maybe get a little bit more older folks here if we are attracting Mm -hmm. more retirees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a question of whether the the retirees land in 22601 or just in the region. We don't really know that yet. We think really the way in which downtown is growing with the the types of development that's occurring and the density, you know, when you're talking about more like efficiencies, one and two bedrooms, you're not really talking about large families. You're talking about more, you know, the the old acronym of the young urban professional. You know, mm-hmm. the the the, um, and I and I think we're probably going to see a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not going to be isolated to those. We're still going to see growth in families. Um, 
I hope we do. I mean, we've sure. got capacity in our school system. Mm-hmm. Um, students, more students actually make a more thriving, vibrant community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that what we're seeing now by making Winchester a more attractive place is that the people who are, go through our school system decide to stay. Yeah. And I'm seeing more of that. Yeah. I mean, there there is this uh, this draw that people who grow up here are staying. Mm-hmm. And uh, young professionals, uh, I, I feel like there are more of them around than there were 20 years ago when I first moved into town. Mm-hmm. And so there is there is a draw, which I love it. And I will also say we could probably keep talking on for hours about multiple topics. And we're going to hopefully have on another one of your uh, – I would call them cohorts um, from the city, Mike Ruddy. Oh, yeah. In a, in a few weeks, in the beginning of the year, um, sometime in January. So he'll be able to get expand on this community development thought mm-hmm. um, for where we're going to go. But just to wrap up with you today. Sure. Give us just a take of day in the life of city council. Like, how often are you meeting? <laughs> what goes on in those meetings? Is it open to the public? What? Just paint a quick little picture in a couple minutes what yeah, city council sure. looks like. Um, and, and it's, it's hard to say day to day, but on month to month, um, I'm, because I serve on two committees for the council, mm-hmm. um, I end up with about five meetings a month minimum. Um, and then there's usually, you know, the prep time and follow-ups and questions and answers. Um, so, you know, in a, in a, in an easy week, I'm doing about 10 hours mm-hmm. in a, in a, a more typical or robust week, it's about 20 hours of work hmm. towards just city council, mm-hmm. whether it's meetings or follow-ups or, or research. Um, and then eventually, you know, I've been on council for about two years now. Mm-hmm. Your brain rewires a little bit, so you start seeing things through mm-hmm. that lens where everything <laughs> is yeah. the city. You know, yeah. hey, I should tell the arborist about that tree. Right. Or, oh, when are we going to get over and get the leaves on this street? Um and you you know you become kind of almost a community advocate yeah uh, which is yeah. which is a good thing but it's not the role of city council mm-hmm. city council i kind of view as you're kind of the board of directors mm-hmm. um you give um directions and 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 uh, course corrections to the city manager the city manager is responsible for running the day-to-day operations of the city um and you know, through that, uh, I feel like I, I develop a good relationship with the senior staff. Um, I can have you know open and professional conversations with them, and and things get done through as we started this conversation, relationship based. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, if what you're asking for is reasonable, if what you're asking for makes sense, if what you're asking for follows the direction of the strategic plan or the comprehensive plan, then sure, let's mm-hmm. let's do that. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're always looking towards, or I am usually looking for new initiatives towards expanding what we're doing. Like, uh, now that we're, you know, we're in the final phase for the green circle, it's connecting over to Shenandoah university and like, okay, well that's connected right with Jim Barnett park. So Mm -hmm. let's push that trail system up through Jim Barnett. That's easy. Jump across the street, run Mm -hmm. it through Daniel Morgan campus. That's Mm -hmm. easy too. Mm -hmm. And then figure out a way to get it over to Friendship Park and then bank over to Douglas Park mm-hmm. and then bring it back into the north end of downtown and, and start to tie those neighborhoods and those mm-hmm. communities into the system so that we feel a little bit more engaged with each yeah. other. Is there somewhere um, you can go to actually see a map of the Green Circle? Because 
I've always wanted yeah. that. I guess I probably should just have Googled it. But. I, yeah, I mean, you can Google it. It is definitely something on the city's website okay. to, you know, to give you chapter and verse of the URL. I couldn't tell you that. Right. But, yeah, it's available where okay. you can see it, um, at least the current 6.5 miles of mm-hmm. it. The, the phase I'm talking about is, is conceptual right, right. now. And it's right. probably on a map in the city manager's office, but uh, – but anyway, but that's, that's a good point, right. though. So, just my last question is: so the general public, as they're listening, or as they want to yeah. submit ideas or learn information, what's happening? How do they reach out? How do they connect? Um, yeah, with well, the city and and yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for, to connect with the city, and um, you know, every I don't know if it's every other week or every week with the city news, C I T E news. Okay, um, it's an electronic newsletter. You subscribe to it online. And you get a ton of information mm-hmm. because it's full of links that are like, hey, what's happening in city council this week? Mm-hmm. And it'll have links to all the agenda items that mm-hmm. you can then kind of drill down into reading the staff report, looking at the drawings. Um, there are opportunities for you to submit public comments. Mm-hmm. Um, there are opportunities for public hearings at a lot of these formal actions like your rezonings. You'll have a public hearing with the planning commission, you'll have a public hearing with the city council. But those are during those meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, public comments, you can submit online at any time. I strongly encourage people to do that. Also on the website is all the contact information for all the individual council members, um, email, and and usually a home or, or a mobile phone. Mm. I encourage people to reach out that way mm. as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes the response is, Thank you for your input. Um, and sometimes it's that's a really good idea. Right. Or I see what the issue is. Um, let me get back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, it's you don't want to take on that role of I'm the world's problem solver. And you know, you 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 are kind of balancing that act between right. I'm on the board of directors here, but I want to be responsive to the constituents mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. concerns of the community because I'm one of them. Right. I mean, I live right. in the community. Right. So. Um, you know, that's that's the challenge. Challenge of being on council is kind of balancing those two and staying grounded as just a citizen of the community as well as um, an elected leader. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, so. Richard, thanks so much for being here. Sure, you're a wealth of knowledge, and you've definitely motivated us to say, okay, we need to do some more research on what's happening behind the scenes, right. and and go to those sites and be yeah, proactive yeah, you, as a as a community member. If, if through your podcast you have the way to kind of publish or post Absolutely. those yep. those links, mm-hmm. those uh, be up I think, there. Um, and you can verify any of them with Amy Simmons. Or, or just grab them right off the website. But great. I think they're awesome resources for everyone to be tapped into. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, again, thanks so much. Merry Christmas and to you and your to family. To you as well. And uh, we look forward to bumping into you again soon. Right, thank okay. you for being thanks, here. Richard. All right, thank you. Well, thanks so much, Richard. And um, yes, I know that we could have chatted for another 45 minutes right. plus with him. Um, you know, he gave us all other kinds of ideas of other conversations for our podcast next year, I mm-hmm. think. So it was it was just really exciting. And just to kind of hear his progression of kind of being kind of pushed into some things yeah. and then just yeah. really doing such a great job at it. And then it was, okay, here's something, here's what's next and what's mm-hmm. next to the point where he ended up becoming an elected official. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and, and the school board seemed to be a real big passion of his, the yeah. school system. Yeah, I think that's definitely one for another conversation right? of the school systems and um, what that looks like because 
doing it for eight years. That's a long time, you know, to be a part of school board and learning to work with people from that standpoint. And, and parents. Parents mm-hmm. and the principals and the teachers and just so much that goes into that. So unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to cover too much of that, but that's setting us up for some other conversations right. next year. So, um, yeah, Richard, thanks so much for being there. And, you know, I didn't share this earlier, um, but on that France trip that I told you about mm-hmm. in the beginning where I was on a school event, um, kind of a family swap where we hosted a kid and then our kid was over there and I actually went as a chaperone. The Bells were on that trip with me. Oh, okay. And we were able to get to know each other a lot better there because our kid was similar age. And we sat down at coffee shops. We went to wineries together traveled around and yeah, they're an amazing family. And so that was even before um, I started Icon Real Estate and just I was picking his brain of uh, some of the things oh, to wow. think about as uh, as a realtor back then. So that's a neat connection. Between yeah, the neat two connection. So and, and the business, too. And like he was talking about mm-hmm. just building relationships. You know, that's right. He didn't know that I was thinking about starting <laughs> starting a company when I was talking about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just um, it's neat to how our town is a small town and we get a chance to connect in that way. So um, so. Tell us what is going on in town this weekend. So local events we've got coming up here. We've got the, oh, I love these, the Christmas Eve luminaries that are in Whittier Acres neighborhood. It'd be fascinating to find out how long they've been doing that. For as long as I can remember. As long as I can remember, too. Sure. But that starts at 545 on Christmas Eve through Whittier Acres neighborhood. Um, There's also the Bell Grove Plantation Holiday Tours. Those are through December 30th, um, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 4, and Sunday 1 to 5. So they get Christmas by candlelight on self-guided tours and live music. That sounds really cool, too. Mm. Um, And, of course, what we talked about last week on the podcast, um, we've got the Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Still going on. Still going on through January 1st. under two is free. Get your tickets ahead of time. They're yep. six fifty, or at the gate, it's going to be eight fifty, and bring your credit card. But just know that Santa's not going to be there for those couple days. He's, so he's busy. He's busy, of course. He's got some things to do. So <laughs> that's what's going on here coming up. And of course, we've got Christmas soon. And I'm excited. We will mm-hmm. recap Christmas next week. We will also recap the year. That's right. Give our official first hopefully traditional and annual year in review Mm -hmm. here for Iconic Talk. So look forward to that next week. Thanks so much for joining us in this episode of Iconic Talk. We hope you've learned something. I know I did from today's episode and look forward to sharing you more with you next week. Remember when you look for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. And we appreciate you spending some of your valuable time with us. We'd love it if you'd take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Yep. Thanks again to our editor extraordinaire, Simeon Battaglia. Until next time, think iconic.